This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Our guest today is Philip Wilson, founder and CEO of Ecofiltro, a social enterprise whose goal is to provide clean water to the rural poor of Central America. Uh, Philip, thanks so much for joining us at Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you for the invitation. So uh, I would love to know a little bit more about how serious the clean water situation is in Central America and how it inspired you to start Ecofiltro. Sure. So the, the, the two big problems in water is, uh, one, lack of water, which is more pa- a problem in the continent of Africa, and then the quality of the water. And in uh, Central America, we have quality of water issues. Um, let's take, for instance, Guatemala. 90, 97% of the rivers, the lakes, the streams um, are contaminated with bacteria fecal origin. So, um, you know, in, in Guatemala, over half of the population does not have access to clean water. And so you have, you know, one out of 20 kids don't reach the age of five years because they get uh, an intestinal infection that they die from. So it's a real big problem in, in, in Guatemala. And how did that uh, inspire you to start uh, Ecofiltro? So I, um, uh, I mean, it all started with uh, my sister, who's a social worker and a nutritionist. And when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, uh, I would go out with her, and um, she was doing chlorination programs because back then everyone was involved in, um, you know, chlorine is the main way to purify water. The only problem is it wasn't uh, culturally accepted. So we'd go back to the families that we would teach and ask them how the chlorination program was going, and they'd be like, oh, great, our clothes are clean, our plates are clean. They would use it as a household cleaner, not as a, as a vehicle to purify water. It was like a 3% uh, usage rate. So um, at that young age, I, first I, I fell in love with rural areas and rural people and, and understood the predicament they were in and how lack of access to water held them back. But I also realized that if you didn't have a culturally accepted product, uh, you wouldn't be able to solve their problems. Uh, And so Ecofiltro uh, came about because we, uh, my sister failed and then I subsequently failed uh, joining her on the chlorination program. And we discovered this uh, locally made product uh, using local labor that was based on clay and ceramic pot filtration. And uh, people loved drinking out of a ceramic pot filter. And so we're like, aha, we have something that's affordable and that uh, people really like the taste of the water. So your first efforts to uh, uh, distribute Ecofiltro were done through a family foundation yes. in the 1990s. Yeah. How, 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 what were the pros and cons of that approach? So, uh, well, you know, uh, there's lots of NGOs and foundations in Central America and um, you know, they look at the rural poor families as objects of pity. And, um, you know, their ability to reach these people uh, is determined by how many donations they receive. So, you know, you're never going to have enough donations to reach uh, all the families who don't have access to clean water. So I looked at the model and I thought that it wasn't sustainable and couldn't scale. And uh, I knew there was a better way. And that's when I... Um, talked to my mother and my sister, and I asked them if I could do an experiment of taking 
uh, the water element out of the foundation in creating a social business. And when did you do that and how did you go about it? Uh, so five years ago, um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to look at the rural poor as objects of pity. I'm going to look, look at them as potential clients, which changes the game completely. And, um, and, and you know, I, I went into the rural area and I asked a lot of questions. You know, I said, okay, what, what are poor families doing to purify water? How much are they paying? Um, I, I found that some were using firewood to boil water and purify it. Some were buying bottled water. And I asked them how much they were spending on medicine because many times uh, they wouldn't do either one of those two. And uh, ask, after asking questions, I realized that if I uh, provided enough payments and uh, set the price of the Ecofiltro at a certain level, um, I could distribute them for a price higher than what it would cost me. And I would then be able to scale and reach the million families. You know, it wouldn't be a pipe dream. It would be a, a reality. Um, so just asking lots of questions. And I think that's the real way to solve a lot of social problems is understanding what people are doing and understanding, you know, what the right product is to deliver and what are the economics so that you can do something affordably. So, so what was the cost of producing the Ecofiltro? And at what price did you need to provide it to the rural consumer in order to t treat them as clients as not a, and not as objects of pity. Right. So we, we found that if we could price the rural model at between $35 and $40, and if we could provide a minimum of five payments, it was cheaper per month than what they were doing right now, which was buying lots of firewood or buying bottled water. And that was, you know, it, it took us, you know, about a year to really figure it figure that out. And uh, a funny story is we, um, you know, at first we provided 24 payments because I figured, you know, gosh, uh, 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 a longer mortgage is better, right? 30, 40, <laughs> 50 years. And um, we found that the rural families were telling us, gosh, can you make the payment scheme shorter? We feel like we're in debt with you forever. Hmm. And so we tried a few models that I thought would work at first. And, um, you know, we have the fail fast mentality at Ecofiltro. Mm -hmm. But we found that, you know, they started telling us. And we, we, we found that five payments was something that was affordable. And it was short enough for the anxiety that many bottom of the pyramid families feel about being in debt to someone else. Now, when you also when you started your sort of for-profit social enterprise, you also targeted the urban consumers, yeah, uh, and and you used it as a cross subsidy, yeah, uh, by by charging some. Can you explain your strategy? There? Sure. So we, you know, it was actually at the beginning we knew that as we were uh, entering the rural market, which is quite costly because Guatemala doesn't have great roads, and it's very difficult to get to the areas that we want to deliver clean water to. So we um, started focusing on urban areas, and we, you know, I at the time um, was buying bottled water, and it was costing me $200 a year. So I brought in an Ecofiltro. Uh, my wife didn't like what the Ecofiltro looked like, so I said, well, what if I put it in a beautiful ceramic receptacle? And we found these beautiful ceramic receptacles. I brought it home. My wife said, wow, I have an art in the kitchen, no longer a big plastic bottle. And I said, aha, if I can start reaching the, you know, 600,000 uh, families that buy bottled water in urban areas and sell it at a major profit, a reasonable profit, not, not a very high profit, then 
I can establish a cash flow that will allow me to provide payments in rural areas. So that's how it happened. You know, the first hundred families were difficult. They're like, you want me to drink out of a flower pot? Because that's what the filter <laughs> looks like. Uh, but then people started, you know, because the water tastes so good, they started falling in love. And because it looks beautiful in a ceramic or a clay receptacle, um, you know, the first thousand were difficult uh, to sell. The next 10,000 were easier. We're up to 92,000 urban customers, which provide a nice cash flow which has allowed us to provide a financing mechanism for the 170,000 rural families that, that buy the uh, Ecofiltro, which is the same filter unit, but it goes into a plastic bucket, which allows us to keep the price low. So is uh, Ecofiltro profitable now? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's, uh, we're, we're profitable. This year, we're not only profitable in the urban area, which we were from, from year one, but the rural area is profitable now. We we're uh, producing so many filters. Last year, we reached just over 50,000 families. This year, we'll be just over 80,000. So the economies of scale has allowed us to lower, uh, uh, you know, has, has lowered the cost of the filter. And so it's made us uh, profitable in the rural and urban area. And I've, I always wanted to be profitable in both because the first four years, the urban was subsidizing the rural. But now the rural can stand by itself. And... Uh, I always wanted to prove that if you really uh, put together a good go-to-market strategy and had a good payment scheme, um, you know, the rural poor can, you know, uh, finance your venture. And, and uh, you know, water is a big problem in many countries, and I would love people to study our model and replicate it in, in other countries. Now, since you uh, are not just a for-profit business but also a social enterprise, apart from profitability, what are some of the other measures you use to measure your impact? Yeah. So when you know when a, uh, we did a study uh, right at the beginning with what kind of impact does a filter provide a rural uh, deliver to a rural family, and intestinal infections are are decreased by over sixty five percent just by having the filter inside the home. But most importantly, and this is significant, um, Guatemala, for instance, and, and most of the countries in Central America, Honduras as well, um, they burn a lot of firewood boiling water. So when a filter goes into a rural family, the average family reduces its consumption of firewood by 21 pounds, which is a significant economic savings for the ones that are buying the firewood and significant time savings for those that collect, you know, chop down the trees and collect the firewood. So now the family has more time and more money for more food, better food, school supplies. Um, you know, just like an urban family saves $200 uh, a year on water by having the Ecofiltro, well, the, you know, the, the um, rural family saves about $120 a year. And that's money that's desperately needed. You know, for school supplies is, is a great example of where that money gets directed. Now, organizationally speaking, you've uh, run a nonprofit as well as a for-profit social uh, social business. Uh, what have been the main differences between those two models? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, for me, when I when I say social business, I I put social in lowercase and business in uppercase for a reason. It's got to be profitable so that the social can continue to grow. And Ecofiltro, uh, we have a very significant school program, which is where the philanthropy is directed. So we've partnered up with companies like uh, Coca-Cola, Visa, 
uh, the largest telecom company in Guatemala, uh, the Swiss government, and they donate filters to rural schools. And then we use that filter in the rural school as the go-to-market strategy, and we leverage that to get to, into the, into the uh, homes of the rural families that live around the school. So all the philanthropy uh, is directed at schools. And uh, we, we've had an incredible amount of ambassadors created for our product, which are the school kits. Like last, uh, this school cycle, which just ended in October, uh, we reached 822 rural schools, which reached, uh, which provided clean water to 173,000 rural school children. And those 173,000 rural school children became our ambassadors wow. because we, we, part of the program in schools is we educate them on clean water. You know, the importance of always drinking clean water, of uh, not polluting the rivers and lakes. And so they would go into the family uh, after school, and if they didn't have an ecofilter, you know, because they don't like the taste of boiled water, they would say, look, mom, look, dad, there are these new ecofilters at school, the water tastes great. And you know what? You shouldn't be drinking water that's contaminated. So they became our, um, it's, it's guerrilla marketing at its best. <laughs> um, and, and, and we really focus any organization that wants to help us, we focus them on the school program because that's what's going to get us to the million families quickly. Yeah, I'd, I'd meant to ask you about that because you referred to companies like Coca-Cola and others. Uh, what have, has been the role of, say, foundations and NGOs in in, in uh, amplifying uh, Ecofiltro's impact? Yeah, it, right now um, it's been significant. Um, a lot of corporations in regions like Central America, they want to help, but they don't know how. And so my role has been explaining how providing clean water in a rural school can be leveraged and can help us get clean water into all the community. So we actually have corporations lining up now because um, we're one of the few organizations in the region that, you know, will multiply the donation. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a good idea to bring clean water in school. But if you can bring clean water, help us put uh, filters in schools and provide clean water to all these school children, but also, you know, have clean water in the entire community through that donation, well, that's something that corporations really like because they want to squeeze the most they can out of every dollar that they donate to a, a social enterprise. Right. And Ecofiltro is not the only thing you do, right? I mean, in addition to that, you're also the founder and CEO of something called Solution Web, yeah. which is Guatemala's largest web and social media services company. How did that come about, and what's the <laughs> connection between the two? Well, I, you know, I, I um, straight up, when, when I graduated from Wharton, I, I became an entrepreneur, you know, 20 years ago. And um, when I moved back to Guatemala, I was starting another company, and there was no companies that were doing websites at the time. So I'm like, aha, why don't I start a, a company to, to, to uh, serve that uh, need? Um, so I don't know anything about technology, but I knew that there was a need for companies needing a digital uh, presence. And, um, you know, right now we, we, um, we have a, you know, a nice little business that uh, – it employs a lot of young uh, kids. Uh, I say kids because they're the ones that know all about social media. And uh, we serve a lot of corporations, uh, especially with their social media uh, needs and um, doing it in Central America. And has that uh, there, has there been any synergy between that and oh, yes. Ecofiltro? <laughs> so, for instance, uh, 
um, we have uh, uh, over 78,000 followers on the Ecofiltro Facebook uh, <laughs> site. And uh, we really um, we communicate not only with our urban end users, but rural uh, through uh, Facebook. Um, we have 318 community entrepreneurs that represent Ecofiltro in rural areas. And all of them have a Facebook presence, and uh, it's amazing how that's been a significant way for us to uh, continue the dialogue and reach more families because they also follow us. And they, every time we go into new schools, well, we we post it, and so they get, they see that the town next door has filters, and so they request it themselves um, all through digital media. Great. Well, if you were to look back the last twenty years or so that you've been doing all this. What would you say is the biggest leadership challenge that you've faced? How did you deal with it, and what did you learn from it? Uh, oh my gosh, I, uh, so many. I think um, I think the biggest leadership challenge for me, um, if if we talk about entre- entrepreneurship in general and ecofiltro uh, specifically, was you know there's no models of social enterprises. Uh, or that I knew at the time five years ago that were scaling very quickly. And a social enterprise is like a helicopter and a typical business is like a Cessna. You know, there's an incredible amount of moving parts. And I had trouble being able to fulfill the social part at first and making it financially sustainable and leading two types of people because the rural field reps were very different from the urban salesmen. They were just, you know, the type A's that were going out. To, so I feel like um, I had a lot of trouble communicating the real message or the real purpose of Ecofiltro at the beginning to the different types of groups. I almost had two different types of companies. And now, you know, we have one message and one purpose. And um, I, I didn't do that at the beginning. You know, it was very murky. You know, I was running two companies as opposed to one and just letting everyone know we're all in this together. And by you selling urban filters, you're helping with the rural. And, um, you know, so I had a lot of clashes between the urban and the rural uh, departments. So that that was my biggest challenge at Ecofiltro. And I, I feel like we solved it, but it took me like three years to figure it out. So you referred to, uh, you know, the model that you have developed. Uh, what do you think uh, social entrepreneurs in other parts of the world could learn from uh, Ecofiltro's experience? What do, you, what do you think should be the mo- most important takeaways for them yeah. if they want to learn from your experience? Yeah, I, I, think th- I think the most important is really get to know your end user. If you're a social entrepreneur in a developing country, you know, the bottom of the pyramid, the rural family is going to be your customer. Ask a lot of questions. You know, many times... People go into a developing country and, and even social entrepreneurs and they feel like they have the solution and kind of a very patronizing attitude. And they're like, here, take this. And I think social entrepreneurs just need to ask more questions, you know, really go into the field and uh, exhaust every single um, angle of what you're trying to do and really, you know, Ask what their needs are, and, and you'd be surprised that uh, what you think their needs are may be different from what your perception was at the beginning. So ask, ask, and it's very important that you be financially sustainable. You know, it's very important that whatever product you deliver to the rural poor 
have a payback period that's very quick. You know, our, in, for instance, in Ecofiltro's case, uh, the family pays off the filter in three months. So if you really want to scale and, and, and be a successful social entrepreneur, it's got to be a product that pays for its, you know, pays off really quickly. And the cultural acceptance has to be there. Remember the chlorination and the, right, the, right. the, you know, you have to have a product that rural families are going to really feel good about using. Um, so payback and cultural acceptance and ask a ton of questions is very important. So uh, to just before we end, I'd like you to dream about the future. Where, where would you like Ecofiltro to be in the next five years, some of the new programs that you want to do? Sure. Um, well, uh, in the next five years, we want to we, we wanna be at a million families in Guatemala, and I don't want there to be one family that doesn't have an Ecofiltro that right now doesn't have access to potable water. Um, we recently opened the market of Honduras, El Salvador, and Mexico. Mexico is going to be a significant um, enterprise, and it's going to be a challenging one because in Mexico, it's it's about serving urban poverty. Uh, the urban poor in Mexico, they receive water one or two days out of the week. And so when they open the spigot, it's green. And so it's going to be very challenging, but I foresee in the next five years putting a lot of time and resources into Mexico and uh, really solving um, the problems of the urban poor. Right now, they're the ones suffering the most uh, with lack of access to clean water in Mexico, which is, you know, 10 times bigger than Guatemala. So that's going to be a real big challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. I think we have the right solution, and we've picked uh, partners that are, you know, very innovative and young and excited to uh, bring a lot of help to the folks at the bottom of the pyramid. Philip, uh, good luck to you, Philip, and thanks so much for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you so much for the invitation. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.